Welcome to the first episode of the Akeem's Dreams podcast. Just going to talk about really about what I've been doing today. Regards to like creative shit, technical shit that I normally do. But messing about with a Canon 7D. That's pretty old camera. Came out in about, was it 2008? Was renowned as one of the first SLRs to shoot 1080p video at 24 frames a second. It's kind of how Canon, this camera is really how Canon got its name in the DSLR video world. And I got one for a rare, rare price of £150. And the reason why it's valuable to me is because it shoots raw video. Now, most people know video as just video, you know? Probably compressed, H.264, the kind of stuff you see on YouTube. But that's a viewing codec. That's not the kind of codec that you want to create content from because there's not a lot of leeway in terms of the dynamic range and the potential color information that's contained in the image. And now digital cameras always store that image is in raw. That's kind of what comes off of the sensor, the data that comes off of the sensor. And capturing video in raw, if at all possible, is ideal. However, there's a lot of data. That's a lot, a lot of data. Now, if I was shooting a cinema, like a film, you know, a full feature length film for Hollywood, I wouldn't mind shooting in RAW, in something like Cinema DNG, or, you know, ARRI RAW, or RED RAW, because there's the post-production workflows in place to deal with that, and supercomputers that can deal with that kind of data. And in, in what you get from that is, you know, massive amounts of dynamic range, lush images, liquid color, just everything you could want in an image from a video camera. And now some of these guys who kind of fancy Canon cameras as, you know, cheap do-it-all cameras, they've hacked the shit out of the Canon 7D and a few other Canon cameras as well. Now, the Canon 7D can shoot raw video with something called Magic Lantern installed. This is a little, you know, I think it's just a little firmware thing you can install on a memory card. There's all kinds of information online about how to do that. So I did that myself. Put the firmware on a 7D. Adapted some of my Nikon lenses to the Canon camera just so I could get an image that focused on the sensor to test some things out and To my surprise the colors look like shit off the camera But it was my fault. This was my fault So I had to reorganize my workflow in DaVinci Resolve Which is why I use for testing cameras mostly because it handles color very well So what I did was I debayer the raw image in DaVinci Resolve to the Blackmagic Cinema Gamma. 
and I set the gamma curve to Blackmagic Cinema 4K. And that is what my image is outputting on my timeline. I then use a 3D LUT to convert that to, it's kind of like a, like an intermediate gamma. Um, I think it's made by some company. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it kind of, it gets the image into a space in which I can then turn it into what I want to turn it into. So I can turn that color information and that brightness information into say Rec 709 for viewing on television. I could turn it into uh, DCI-P3 for cinema viewing. And you know, I can change it to any gamma I want. I could turn it linear, I could turn it into ARRI gamma, like log C, I could turn it into Canon log, I could turn it into anything. And I could even match cameras with different curves just by having it in this like universal space. It's, kind of, it's a bit like working in ACES, a bit like working in ACES where you have you know, lots of different cameras and things like that, and you can kind of put them all into the same color space so they can all be interpreted the same way. It's kind of what I've done with the Canon camera here. And after I sorted out that workflow, boy, oh boy, the colors are exceptional. Just exceptional out of that camera. Fantastic. Now, it's not got the noise performance of a you know, high-end cinema camera or even a full-frame camera or anything like that because it's a small sensor. It's APS-C and Canon's APS-C is not even really APS-C. It's more like Super 35. It's got a 1.6 crop factor. And so at 18 megapixels, which is like 5,000 across or something like that, something ridiculous. It's more than 4K across on a tiny sensor like that from in a camera from 2008. Wow. So what you're going to get is tiny pixels, right? And tiny pixels means noise. And noise means not particularly great dynamic range. So what I'm expecting out of that camera, even at, say, the lowest ISO of ISO 100, or set it at ISO 100 on that camera, is about eight and a half stops, which is essentially white to black in sunlight. And if the object was white to black, Say it was a guy in a white shirt that was like white and black cross hatching on it or something. If half of him was in the shade and half of him was in the sun, I could still be able to get him from the brightest part in the sun to the darkest part in the shade within the noise range of the camera. That's what eight stops gets you. However, beyond that, say if there was a the sun behind him off in the distance, something like that. I'm not going to be able to contain that kind of information within eight stops, which is why we have cinema cameras like the Arri Alexa that can shoot 14, 15 stops dynamic range because they have honking great pixels because they're only eight megapixel cameras. It's like 4,000 pixels by 2,000 roughly. Now that's a lot. That's a lot of light. It's a lot of information that you can get into those big honking pixels. I can't do that on a 7D. It's got little tiny pixels. So not much dynamic range. So I'm not I'm not shooting raw on a 7D to get the dynamic range. That's not really gonna change. What I've done is shooting raw so that I don't have to deal with the shitty Canon codec. And now I can just get great color information out of it and it enables me to color grade incredible video. 
So say, for example, I was shooting indoors, you know, it was like a, a controlled lighting shoot. If I shot it on the 7D, now, I might even have more color information than if I did, if I shot with, say, a Sony FS5 or a C300 in, say, mm, what kind of codec would C300 use? It's like XAF, XAVC or something like that, which is essentially like inter, intra-frame compression H.264, a bit like whatever Sony implements on the FS7. It's basically high-tech ProRes. Um, with like 422 color information chroma now that's that's great but it's not raw and it's what it's 10 bits I've got 14 bits of fucking raw information it's basically every single drop of color off the Canon sensor and if you've seen what anything what the 70 outputs from photography in raw and the potential that the images have which is you know virtually infinite then you'd be gobsmacked if you saw raw video coming out of a camera that cost me 150 pounds. So that's what I'm getting out of 70 now. Great colors. And I got a 24 mil lens. Uh, just got that recently. It's a Nikon lens, but I've adapted it to a Canon. And it gives me a 35 millimeter perspective, which is similar to full frame, because I'm kind of used to calculating in full frame in my head. I haven't shot much APS-C stuff. So I kind of needed that as like a as my wide angle for like maybe a bit of narrative work I might do and shit. And I've got a bunch of Nikon lenses that I can kind of work on it, adapt it. Got a manual focus, manual aperture rings on them as well. Even though they're autofocus lenses, it's the um, the Nikon AFD series, which are kind of like the most versatile lenses on the planet right now. Relatively cheap, not much glass in them. Simple designs. They're basically rehoused Nikon AI and AIS lenses from the set, what's that, mid 70s, early 80s. They're like rehoused and given autofocus rings. But the autofocus motors are actually in the camera, so they're not actually in the lenses, which makes them cheap, even though they are AF lenses. Genius, right? So I've got a bunch of them. All my lenses are AFD lenses. And because Nikon has a massive flange distance, that's the distance from the back of the lens to the sensor I could fit it on any fucking camera basically it's every Canon and a whole bunch of other shit so Nikon lenses are very valuable in that aspect and they have manual aperture rings which is great which you're going to need for cinema or shooting video in general so I've been doing that and the video is just looking fantastic off the Canon I'm really impressed. I, I did a bit of um, noise reduction work on the camera today, trying to find out what kind of exposure indexes I can achieve out of, say, ISO 100. And at a push, underexposing the sensor, I can get an exposure index of, like, ISO 800 out of 70. So with a bit of noise reduction, I can clean up the shadows and get quite a bit of dynamic range out of it, you know. Squeeze out those eight and a half, nine, ten stops. That is not bad at all. You know, that is not bad. If I was shooting in daylight with 7D, it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. 
bit of new ND. Shoot, like F14, F2, 2.8, daylight, beautiful colors. Now, I can't shoot in slow mo at 1080p though. And the sensor has a little bit of moire. Oh, moire. I fucking hate moire. Aliasing. It's like repeated patterns create these weird color blotches on the sensor. And the 7D exhibits that behavior. If I wanted to get rid of that, I'd have to upgrade my little 7D experiment to a 5D Mark III, which has 3x3 pixel binning, which gets rid of the aliasing and wiring. I do want a 5D Mark III for that reason. And the fact that it shoots slow motion at essentially 1080p. So I can shoot 48 frames a second, you know, throw that onto a 24 timeline and get two times slow-mo with the, with the 5D Mark III with raw video as well. Now that sounds fantastic. However, it costs about 10 times as much as I pay for a 7D. So I could buy seven to 10 7Ds for the price of a 5D Mark III. So I might, maybe I might buy three Canon 7Ds just to fuck with it. Like, yeah, it's not bad. But I can get rid of the aliasing and wire if I buy a video anti-aliasing filter however they're expensive too they're like three four hundred pounds which is the price of a fucking nikon d700 so i can't be asked to do that either so i might just mess about with it for a while now if i want to upgrade to the 5d mark III to get slow-mo and to get like you know aliasing free raw video on a budget i might do that but an experiment kind of proved to me like raw video really is possible for like consumers right now raw video but you got you really got to know your stuff to make it look good you really got to know about gamma curves you really got to know about color information you really got to know how to color grade it's no joke and you really got to have a lot of memory cards and a lot of storage and a reasonably powerful computer with four cores and decent graphics card so you got to have a lot behind it. Preferably, you'd have a fucking Mac Pro. You know, 8 cores, 2 Fire Pro D700s, or an iMac Pro, something like that. You know, a 980 GTX or something. A bit of a monster. But you might get away with a little, little thing, and I've got, I'm just running off a Mac Mini right now. That's all right. Mac Mini does just fine on it, with its little, what's it? HD 4000 GPU does just fine. One frame a second after denoising, but it's fine. <laughs> you just work around it. You just work around it as long as you can get things done. And I'm about getting things done. So my 7D experiment has made me quite happy. That's all for today's episode, I think. I haven't really got much else to say. Today's episode is about cameras, it's not about clothes. It's not about seasons. It's not about what I do at work because I can't tell you anything about that at all because that's all secrets and shit. Um, it's just about a fucking camera that's old, ten years old now, roughly. Legendary, and better than ever, and maybe it could change the world again if everybody realised that they could shoot raw video on a Canon Seven D. But I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> Except me.
But that's why I'm here, innit? To care. To give a shit. That's my job. So, there we go. Episode one. Akeem's dreams. <laughs>